It's time for another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. Oh, God! Nobody! Nobody's ever... What? Nobody's ever done that! A podcast focusing on AEW. Two! No! That doesn't mean our hosts won't go down rabbit holes and end up talking about other promotions. Let's, let's rewind because I like to go down rabbit holes. But they try to keep focused on AEW. I told you, we can't go down rabbit holes. Join Tanner Lee, Austin Shepard, and Paul Zartman. I don't have control, do I? As they recap this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. If we went off matches here, I'd be champion. If, if some bucks were candy nuts, it'd be Christmas all the time. Don't forget to listen to the Kicking Out podcast wherever it is you listen to your other podcast and if you're listening on apple podcast be sure to give the kicking out podcast that five star rating these boys want to be five star kop don't forget to check out kickingoutshop.com it's your place to go for great merchandise from the kicking out podcast that way you can support a great podcast and look fantastic doing so get that dude some pants this is the first boys a rabbit hole in the closing and now let's get right into it it's another episode of the kicking out podcast It's Wednesday night. It's the best night of the week. It's May 24th, 2023. It's Double or Nothing week. Tonight was the Go Home episode of AEW Dynamite for Double or Nothing. Tons to talk about, tons to get into, so I won't blabble on anymore. But thanks for joining us. If you're joining us live on our YouTube channel and on our Twitter page, which is at Kicking Out Pod, if you're not following us already, you better do so. I'm Tanner Lee, along the coast, Paul Zarman, and the reigning defending. KLP Predictions Champion, at least for one more episode, Austin Shepard. One more episode. It's in the bag. It's in the bag, he says. In the bag. We will see about that. We will see about that when we get into our predictions later on. But we got Dynamite to cover tonight. We, of course, have So What Do You Want to Talk About, our weekly our new weekly Cody Rhodes segment to go over. And last week we were talking about our greatest Top, our top five list of greatest professors ever. We got that to go over to tonight, so we got a lot to cover. But first, Paul, I believe you have a question for Shep and for really all of us. Hey, Shep, what you yes, drinking? Paul. Well, after last week's uh, surprise, <laughs> um, uh, I'm a big I'm a big barstool sports fans always has been. And uh, they're big on uh, what they're called the high noon sun sips. So I've had some in the past, and I've come out with a new flavor, or they came out with a new flavor of pineapple, and the pineapple one's amazing. I chug them. They, they taste like water. They're ridiculous. Uh, but you can't buy them individually four-packed. So the other day I needed to throw a couple in the old uh, golf cooler to just in case I ran out of, of the normal uh, concoction of kettle and bubbly. And I was left with a couple holes without anything to drink because I don't want to get dehydrated. It's on the golf course. It's sunny. It's hot. Uh, so I threw I threw some watermelon ones in the bag, and I didn't I didn't I didn't have to drink them because my uh, my cocktails uh, my Yetis made it to the end of the nine holes, and I could refill. So I have uh, have some watermelon sun sips, high noon sun sips here. So. Like I said, the pineapple ones are about a 9.9 out of 10 is how good those things are. Um, I've never had the watermelon one, so here we go. I think I have had watermelon before, but I don't remember if I liked it or not. 
It's almost the same face we got last week. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I was I was so shocked because I didn't think you could uh, make anything taste uh, like Sunny D, and they did. I'm sure there's a bunch of chemicals in it. <laughs> Not bad. It's like like I figured this thing would be way too sweet. It's a little sour, which I dig. Um, it's not as good as pineapple, of course. Pretty damn good. Like, I picture sitting in a pool or floating in the lake, just slamming these about every 37 seconds. <laughs> 37 uh, seconds. Well, they're gluten-free, no added sugar. Come That's on. True. I mean, true. we're going to be healthy when we do this. Um, <laughs> watermelon High Noons, uh, you're up there. I'm going to give you 8.7. 8.7. Ooh, a little higher wow. than Sunny D. Yeah, right. just a little had some artificial flavoring that was like, <laughs> I'm sure this is going to make me grow a third nipple or something, you know, like daddy <laughs> magic. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, again, floating in a pool, floating on the lake. These go down like water. You could drink 12 of them um, by the end of uh, Freebird on the radio. Perfect. Perfect. A live edition of Freebird. It's a little longer. A little bit. A little bit. All right, Paul, what do you got tonight? What are you drinking? Uh, lemonade. Lemonade. All right. All right. Lemonade. I'm just just recycling and reusing the same bottle. Okay. I thought you were going with the Mountain Dew. So that's why, that's why oh, I, I saw the bottle. Earlier. Paul's okay. always been big on the environment. I love it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I am finishing up a Canada Dry ginger ale, but, 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 don't or nothing, Vegas, Dynamite was in Vegas tonight, Rampage is in Vegas Friday oh. at like, it's gonna, it's gonna be like at noon. Oh um, my God, you should give me a great, are you doing a Vegas bomb? I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not. I, I, I wanted to, but the day kind of got away from me today and I didn't oh, have everything. I, real, so. I, for, I mean, Vegas I know. bombs are my I know. I, I was going to do one, but they kind of got away from me. But I had one of these left in the fridge. It's the best I could do with the Vegas theme. This guy lives in Nevada. His ranch is in Nevada. That's Stone Cold Broken Skull IPA. So, I mean, you fish, could, fish him off tonight. You could have got, got worse. Yeah. Yeah, I could have got worse. No, no. It's, Stone Cold's a solid, solid uh, fit in there. Have you guys watched any of his new kind of reality show, whatever you want to call it? Not yet. It's no, all right. I, it's all right. I tried to watch some of it it's last okay. season. Yeah, it's okay. Me, mm-hmm. it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But but A A and E is the one channel I wish YouTube TV had. For whatever reason, they don't. They have about every other channel you want, but A and E and them can't come to agreement. So it's kind of frustrating. Well. I was actually just looking at things tonight um, with the increase in YouTube TV. Uh, Tanner, you'll appreciate this. You can now get Hulu TV with the live feature bundled with Disney and ESPN for cheaper than YouTube TV. Doesn't shock me. It's it's the streaming wars, man. One will come out with a deal and the other one's got to top it, so... Yeah, it's it's not much cheaper, but when you get three different streaming apps, it kind of makes sense to go that way. Sure. One's already twenty bucks. Sure, sure. Disney. Yep. 
All right, Paul, let's let's dive into dynamite, shall we? <sighs> let's do this. Shocker, it's show, show open time, and that means Orange Cassidy's coming to the ring uh, as he will take on Kyle Fletcher of Aussie Open for the AEW International Championship. Um, good, solid back-and-forth match. Uh, Fletcher, towards the end of the match, Fletcher aims for another move, but he gets countered by Cassidy, who rolls him up, which allows him to retain the AEW International Championship, which means we will see Orange Cassidy defend against 20 other gentlemen or women if Renee decides to get in there. (laughs) In the Black Jack Battle Royal for the AEW International Championship this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty pre- predictable. I was he wasn't going to lose the title heading into Sunday, but still a fun no. match. Um, I mean, the guys from Aussie Open can go. Kyle Fletcher and um, and help me out. Mark Davis. I forgot his name, Mark Davis. And they were actually announced by Tony Khan tonight that they are all elite. They are signed. And FIFO Select had reported today that WWE and AEW were both interested, but AEW felt confident that they were going to sign them, and they did. So the tag team division gets even stronger in AEW, which is exciting to see. And it was pretty cool that Sean Ross Sapp also reported that Tony Khan paid for Mark Davis's surgery even before he was uh, under contract with AEW, which is really cool. Really cool yeah. that a uh, promoter would do that. So fun opener. Um I'm intrigued by who's going to be in the Blackjack Battle Royal on Sunday. Yeah, I I saw a couple of names, um, you know, QT, Marshall, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. um, Aaron Solo, I think, was in there. Of course. Um, So so besides anybody else interesting, because those guys don't interest me right now. Hobbs should. They've they've screwed him up. Hobbs should, but he right now. They've screwed him up. He's wrapped up in a stupid TMZ yep. television yep. gimmick with yep. QT, and it's yep. stupid. And I've lost interest in him. So no, I'm right there with you, Shep. I don't. It's one of those things. I'm like, what? What are we doing here? Why? He doesn't need to be involved with this. He didn't need QT's help to win that title to begin with. No, and he had some momentum going too. He did. He really did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the only reason we know Aaron Solo is because he dated Bailey. Bingo. Yeah, well, don't worry because uh, it, it gets interesting because Ricky Starks is shown backstage. Turns out, from what I gathered, he's going to be in uh, mm-hmm. the the blackjack. So what the hell? There's what? somebody interesting. But yeah, but what? He's jumped by Juice and Jay, which tells me they're probably going to be in there as well. <sighs> what are we doing? Ricky Starks and Jay White should be on that card. On Sunday as a singles match. It should. It should. Jay White's such a big signing in there. Uh, I just hate how I, I have the it. wrong shirt on tonight, but, you know, if I had the pencil. LB. Lazy booking. Yeah, you're right. It's, I mean, it's just, it's frustrating. Jay White should be not only on the card, but in a premium slot on the card. He's. Yeah. And, and if you give him and Ricky 25. Yeah. Tear it down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and which which frustrates me a little bit because I feel like AEW snagged him because yes. they caught they caught Connecticut sleeping. Yes. So we got it. We 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 won one there, right? Yeah. Let's not let's not let's not shit Drop the bed. The ball. Well and you're given, you know, 
the IWC, the, the non-AW fans, reason to see. Say, see, see, every time they sign a talent, they're hot for about two or three weeks, and then they disappear or they're down on the card, and it's kind of what they're doing with Jay right now. It's frustrating. Yeah, but I, I think we'll see something big come out of this. I hope. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I mean, he he should be a big part of Forbidden Door with his connections to both companies. But we'll see. Yes. Long-term storytelling, that's what we're going to go with. He was a big part of it last year, so he should be again this year. Yes. All right, up next we see Jack Perry backstage saying he drove to Las Vegas a lot, and each time he's a little bit different. One thing is always the same, which is the feeling of standing inside the ring as that has given him a purpose. It's It lets him be the man he wants to be, and on Monday he will drive that road as AEW World Champion. Eh, it's fine. Yeah. It's a Jack Perry promo. I mean, yeah, he's getting better, but he's not there yet. 100%. I get it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, Shep's segment of the night is now with FTR hitting the this ring. Was, this was, I like this. Cash Wheeler says it would be easy to say Jeff Jarrett is trash, but he's outsmarted them every step of the way. However, he's been lucky. And on Sunday, that runs out. Dax says a few guitars won't stop them, and to stay relevant, he attaches his name to the best team in the world today. If he thinks the head of the tag team division will be rejects from TNA, it's not going to happen. <laughs> he thinks they should call Dixie Carter and make sure they have job security. Yes. Yes. He called Karen Jarrett a bitch. He calls out Dix Dixie. Oh, I thought it was great. I popped. Oh, yes. Lots of silences here because, you know, they had to mute yeah. what Dax was saying. Yeah, I I still yeah. don't understand what they can say and what they can't say. Well, because. Right. It seems like it depends on the person sometimes. It kind of does. You know, when when. Uh, later in the segment, Mark Briscoe uh, came out and. I so I had it DVR'd, and my my DVR was messed up, and I had to fix some things. So I went back and rewatched it real quick, about ten minutes before we started this. And when my DVR messed up, they did not um, bleep out or censor out Mark Briscoe when he grabbed Lethal by the face and said, "I'm sick of this BS." Right. 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 Okay, but it was weird when I fixed my DVR and the the, the video wasn't choppy and I was cutting in and out. It, it bleeped it out. It was really weird. That is weird. Um, yeah. so I'm I'm guessing at some point they he, they didn't bleep it out, but they bleeped out everything else. Oh um, yeah, I mean was, Dax is talking to Mark, and all you hear was fan noise. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the Mark dynamic, I like it. You know, he smacked Dax tonight, um, but then he smacked. Jarrett, he laid Jarrett. He he popped him pretty good in the air. Well, he, uh, he about uh, I thought that he was going to push Karen, Karen into yeah. the fans. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, a little intriguing part of the match. I still think that match could steal the show Sunday. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah, I wish I wish he would have popped Satnam or or, or um, Sanjay. No, he, he kind of pushed Sunday off the off yeah. the ramp. 
Um, yeah, Satnam. I, I was going to come up with a more colorful nickname, but we'll just keep it at that. We'll keep it PG. I thought he might hit Satnam below the belt, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah maybe the way we'll he was that. standing, I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, all right, up next, because uh, my notes went way out of order there. I just realized that. Uh, next is Sammy Guevara shown backstage with Renee, Sammy who Guevara. tells him MJF offers still stands if he just lays down on Sunday. Guevara says it's a lot of money, but he won't lay down. Instead, he will take the title from him. Why do I feel like he's going to steal the show in the main event? And what I mean by that, I don't expect him to be victorious, but I'm going to come away and say, God dang, like this guy, even though I I say it all the time, he can go in the ring. I just expect him to be the one I'm talking about after the match. Because he's going to have two or three high spots. So will Darby. Yeah, but it'll be a high spot off between Darby and Sammy. Yeah, with with Darby or with with Sammy, he makes the point to do the like, hey, it's coming. You yeah, better watch. Yep. Um, with Darby, Darby could pull one out of. Mid-air. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, they're both gonna have some probably things that we cringe. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. How long do you guys think? They give that that uh, fatal four way, and do you guys think it main events? It's it's got a main it event. Better. It's got. Yeah, looking looking at this card, it's got a main event. The only other the only other main event it could be Anarchy Rules with with that with the Elite and and, and B uh, BCC. So if you don't main event the four pillars match, it's got to lead the show off. And if it leads the show off, it goes 35, 40 minutes. But if you are building this match the way they're building it, like these four guys started this show, it almost seems disrespectful not right. to give them the main event. I I think story, even though I, I have enjoyed the Four Pillars story, I know a lot of people haven't, but I have. Um, it was very, it's been a long-term story. Um, but I will say I like the Elite BCC story better. So from a story aspect, I think that would be better fit the main event. But I'm old school enough. I like my world title to be in the main event no matter what. So yeah. Yeah. I think it gets the main event yeah. slot. I'm hoping they at least go 25 minutes. And Four I would, guys, they deserve that. Yeah, and and if you're the Anarchy Rules match, that's a tough placement on the card if you're Tony because you know that match is going to have – yeah. Stupid high spots. Uh, blood. Blood, 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 and more blood. And so whatever match you put after that to follow it is going to be kind of a – everybody's going to have the – they're going to sit down. They're going to be like, all right, let's take a breath. Let's let's take a match off type deal. So it's a tough placement on the card there. Last, you deliver. Last year he put, uh, put Anarchy in the arena before the main event – and it stole the show, but why he did that, if you guys remember correctly, that Game 7 of, I believe, the Eastern Conference Finals was during Double or Nothing last year. And so Tony kind of stacked the show to be the last three matches to be really, really strong. So when those people that were watching the game that want to watch the pay-per-view might tune in then. So that's he, he kind of strategically did that last year, which this year there won't be a Game 7. 
well, on um, Saturday or Sunday, excuse me. And I could be one of the few because I love a ton of sports, mm-hmm. but I could give two you-know-whats about the NBA. And hockey's still going on. Marty McSruly, I think, starting game six. but uh, Hockey's still going on, too. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to the NBA, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. It's more fake than professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Quote me. Yeah, I like that. It's on the but, internet, Shep. But, but but you brought up a good point. I don't know right. where you put anarchy in the arena. Storyline, it should be That's late in the rough. card, but it's if you put it before the main event, that could be uh, once again that could be the one everybody's talking about after the show. It could be, and and that would that would take them for uh, I'm gonna call them young men because they're yeah. way younger than me. <laughs> um, that would put those four young men at a pretty pretty tough spot and a, and a lot of. Uh, a lot of shoes to fill, especially if they got 30, 35 minutes, mm-hmm. you know. And, I, and I'm guessing maybe maybe give them 40 minutes and, and 10 minutes of that is going to be because they're going to have some great entrances, I'm guessing. We're going we're gonna to spice them up a little bit for this. Um, but, yeah. You, remember, you guys remember last year when they let Wild Thing play on a loop like three times? That was good. That was great. Kingston came out with the gasoline at the end. Kind of like a zombie walking yeah. down. That was good stuff. Kingston's a legend. He is. Hopefully he's back soon after his uh, surgery. All right. Next up on the card. House of Black versus A.R. Fox, Metalik and Blake Christian for the AEW World Trios Champion. Uh, this match went longer than I expected it to. Um, but uh, back inside, all three members of House of Black lock up each one of the other guys in a submission move. And uh, AR Fox taps and to the uh, inverted Texas Cloverleaf. Buddy and used his uh, his girlfriend's submission. Yeah, <laughs> he mm-hmm. he's sending a he's sending a message to a little Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, it's I enjoyed this match. Mine. I thought the presentation was cool. I love the presentation of the House of Black, though. I think they are presented better than anybody in AEW. Maybe arguably professional wrestling. I thought was, I thought the first one they did a couple weeks ago was cool, but I thought the presentation night was even cooler with the lights and everything. So, uh, man, these guys, I know we get them on TV a lot now, but I wish we got them on TV every week. <laughs> yeah, and like you, you guys were talking earlier, I think we'll get a trios match uh, on Rampage. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it'll be anything spectacular, but – well, they almost have to put it on the card because you got every other championship, and you already said acclaimed and Daddy Ass are the number one contenders. So something's probably going to happen on Rampage to set it up for Sunday. But as of right now, only nine matches are on the card, and that's what we're predicting tonight. There could be two to three more added because you can argue maybe Jay White and Starks gets added, and the one that needs to is Keith Lee and Swerve. That thing's been going on for like seven months, and we haven't got the final payoff. Right. But. Well, that, that uh, the baseball players hurt. <laughs> trench, drench, whatever trench. I think trench. The baseball player. Yeah. Um, so well, I like they, his new group is better, anyways. 
than than those guys. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Swerve doesn't need a faction, and neither does Keith Lee. No, Keith no, Lee. Does, and as much as I uh, appreciate and respect Dustin Rhodes, Keith Lee does not need Dustin Rhodes. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think those two just wanted to work together, though. Just be. Just my personal yeah. opinion. Um, all right. Up next, the Blackpool Combat Club are shown backstage staying tonight. They're claiming the tag titles, and uh, Objective 2 is ending the Elite this Sunday. John Moxley says they're the best in the world, and his hand doesn't shake when he says that. That's the standard they set for themselves. I thought these guys knocked out of the park. I mean, they almost makes you want to root for them a little bit. You know, saying that they're the best in the business, they do it the right way, this and that. Um, I thought Moxley was so strong on the promo. Like Danielson was good too, but I thought Mox carried that. And um, yeah, and even Yuta and Claudio in the back looking looking intimidating and tough and saying that they were going to win the ROH tag titles. thought really good stuff out of this group tonight. I, I, I almost mm-hmm. got to the fact... <clears throat> Where this this whole thing reminded me <clears throat> of a Cornette segment, but then I forgot Cornette hates Moxley. Um, but he hates the elite even more. Right. So I almost felt like we had Moxley just kind of uh, incorporating what a Cornette would say about the elite and his opinions and feelings on them. Um, and I'm like, man completely we're talking about guys that do flips and all this stuff and then we got professional wrestling you know i thought it was really good um and just just brings out that there's two different styles here yeah um up next mjf makes his way to the ring throws Tony Schiavone out or throws Tony Schiavone's drink all over him, takes shots at all of his opponents, then says he's aware of how important Sunday's match is. People like to throw around the word homegrown and it doesn't get more homegrown than them. And unlike some of people's faves, they didn't need to be on national television first. Um, they have beaten the best, given the best matches, and the best moment in history of AEW. They're not just part of AEW. They are AEW. However, he doesn't want to be anymore. He's bored and sick of this place. He's sick of the lack of competition and the fans who don't show him the respect he deserves. He says Tony Khan knows that, and he knows that his contract is coming up. He points it out, and points out that it's a coincidence he's fighting three other men where he doesn't even have to be pinned to lose this championship mjf claims he might take all and go home because this is his ball uh, that he earned this sunday people will find out his opponents are talented but like the rest of the roster none of them are on the level of the devil darby allen heads down Ed says he knows exactly who he is, but that wasn't always the case. And as he's used to clean toilets, 
but then he lived in his car uh, or career, excuse me, and said he didn't deserve to leave it until he became a wrestler and then AEW saved his sanity. He says no other company lets him skateboard with Tony Hawk, and next year he is climbing Mount Everest. He wants to be the face of AEW, and to do that, he needs the world championship. And this Sunday, he is doing it. And he might do it with a headlock takeover. MJF responds with a low blow. He aims to use the diamond ring until Sammy Guevara chases him away. However, Jungle Boy then turns up, and he drops MJF. F on the ramp and poses with the title. That's did you guys four guys? I thought. Did you guys feel like there was some, uh, maybe not shots, but some call outs or some attention sent to Punk tonight with Blackpool Combat Club saying best in the world, and then tonight MGF talking about taking his ball and leaving. Yes. Coincidence. Uh, yeah, I was kind of wondering that too. And in MJF, just when I was thinking he was starting to drop the 2024 thing, he kind of brought it back tonight a little bit. He didn't say anything about 2024, oh. but he said contracts coming up soon. Because yeah. just earlier this week, I was listening to I don't know what podcast it was, and they were discussing how he's kind of dropped that as part of his stick, you know. So, but now he kind of brought it back tonight. Maybe he'll let that he uh, let that go till the end of the year. Yeah, you know. I still would be surprised if he's not signed. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's signed past 2024. If he's signed, they would uh, they would not do their due diligence if they did not play that into the role right. towards the end of the year. And uh, what well, we got, Revolution in November, right? Uh, full gear. Full gear, sorry. Yep, yep. Um, play that into going into full gear. Use that as a as a stick, as a gimmick, um, uh, make us think that, yeah, he, holy cow, he really might not be signed. Yeah. And he's the type of person, you know, he, he lives kayfabe and, uh, even if he is signed, he won't tell anybody. So the best, I thought the best part of this part was, uh, when Darby came out and, and, uh, and MJF goes, I don't care if you're wearing stilts or not. Or whatever he said about those boots that Darby wears. Yeah. It made Darby almost taller than MJF. Yeah. Yeah. Which we know that's not true. Where's Sting? We haven't right. seen Sting in a while. Um, He's on the poster for Double or Nothing. Yeah, he's saving up so Shivani can yell, It's Sting! Well, I'm sure you guys hit on it, but how about MJF throwing the cup of water on Shivani tonight? It was great. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully Shivani comes out with a, a blazer uh, when that happens and the lights cut out and his blazer just says it's sting on it or something That'd be like awesome. that. That'd be great. That would be awesome. MGF spit his gum at a fan tonight. The what else is new? That was interesting. At least he didn't throw tequila slash vodka on a little That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're making improvements. We're getting there. He does whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't care. Got a lot. No, it wasn't water. But he did. I thought it was really good. He put over those other guys tonight in that promo. Yeah, it was I mean, good. He it was yeah, good. yeah. He's always good on the mic. All right. Up next, Taya Valkyrie versus Lady Frost. In the closing moments of this match, Valkyrie 
gets back control with a knee strike, then hits the road to Valhalla for the win. I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a, it was a good match. Good women's match. Lady one of their Frost. better ones in a while. Yeah, I like Lady Frost too. I'm hoping they sign her. I was disappointed last time around when they had a chance. They didn't do so. And then she went to Impact yeah, for a while. Impact, yeah, for a while. But which I can't really blame her because that women's division over there is awesome. But um, her time up there is up. So she's a free agent again. And her, mm-hmm. her and Taya have had some battles in the past. Uh, but good stuff. And um, makes, you know, it was their first match since the suspension in, on April 26th from uh, Mark Sterling and Jay Cargill. So now we're getting a rematch Sunday at Double or Nothing. And predictions times will tell if and we think it's... Valhalla uh, is... Yeah. Yeah, predictions time after after this. We'll, uh, we'll see if any of us are predicting if it's her time to lose the title or not. I mean, I don't know if Paul's going to pick up on this. Tanner will appreciate this. When he said road to Valhalla, I'm thinking of the PGA Championship next year. Yeah. <laughs> I have a funny story about my – I went to that last time I was there, and uh, my dad cost me some money in a bet with my mom that day. So I'll save that for a different pod, but it's a funny story. Uh, last time I was at Valhalla, I was playing with Kenny Perry. You played there. I played cool. with Kenny Perry there. That's cool. And – and uh, I played the golf course, and I'm going, how? I, and I remember the Ryder Cup. That's what I remember from. And and I I vividly remember the first hole. And if you remember back then, there was a guy by the name of Boo Weekly. Oh, yeah, riding the horse. Boo was just a hillbilly son of a buck. He, he laced the drive, and he rode the horse down the fairway. And I remember standing on the first tee going, I can just pick. I mean, I looked at the hole, and I remember Boo – I mean, obviously, we didn't have fans there, even though, I mean, I was there. I mean, let alone a Hall of Famer, Kenny Perry, but whatever. But, yeah, I just – so, when I hear Valhalla, I'm just, that's what I think of. Sorry. Yep. Nope. I, I'm well, right there with you. With old Tyra Valkyrie, but I, I, I would think most AW fans probably don't think like you and me when they hear that shit, but that's all right. <laughs> no, most of them probably think, you know um, – Norse mythology. Yeah, Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't like the Minnesota Vikings. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> they do suck. Yeah. Oh. Purple boo, purple. <laughs> what, what are you shaking your head for, Paul? Because uh, I graduated as a Viking. Mm. Just not Minnesota. At least you weren't purple. No, I was green. Green and piss yellow. Yeah. I was okay with the green. Well. It's all right. Austin and I were zebras, and we get made fun of enough for that. So That's true. All right. So up next, we go backstage. TK uh, mentions or reveals that the first episode of AEW Collision will be taking place from the United Center in Chicago. Whoa, shocker. Right? What happened to Daly's place? It's clobbering time, that's what. Yep. Whoa, who? (laughs) Cookie Monster's back. Get the ice cream bars ready. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, sorry, wrong guy. Now... Shep, in your opinion, should they announce him ahead of time or no? 
If they have trouble selling tickets, yes. Which so far they have for a collision. Um, in Gulf Canada. Um, I don't know how big of a draw he is in Canada. But if I, I, I don't know how their ticket sales are going for Chicago because I, I know they've, they've had the show on the schedule as a live event before. Tickets weren't on sale, though. Tickets no, will be. Don't. I mean, they will officially right. now. Yeah. So, I think United Center is about the only building they could do a short notice like this and and have a good attendance. I mean, United Center. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a NBA it's, the, arena. it's the biggest NBA arena. Also, it's a little over twenty thousand. I looked it up the other day. It's it's one of three NBA arenas in the twenties, including Little Caesars, which. AEW just ran a show at not too long ago, but the United Center is the biggest one, and they completely sold it out for the first dance. So, just off of a rumor, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I don't know. The marketing guy in me thinks with that brand new show, tough time slot, especially in the fall. I know that June seventeenth isn't in the fall, but I'm thinking maybe they they should, or at least give a give a real strong hint, but. We'll see. We got time till then, or or better, better yet, I'll question it. Do you guys think there's any way he shows up Sunday? The only thing I thought of is if he showed up Sunday and cost the elite. I just but but I think there's going to be so much going on during Anarchy Rules that it could get lost in the phrase. So don't waste it. Yeah, and you know the rumor is his first. Program. I don't know if it was a program. A first match back could be with Samoa Joe, which would be awesome, um, given their ROH history. Um, but it's gonna be. I'm just. I'm more intrigued on is this hard brand split happening, and if so, how are they going about doing it? I don't. Are we want, having? I don't want a know, hard brand split. I don't want Connecticut. They have the roster to do so, but I don't know if they have the business strategy to do so. Does that make sense? They, they they have the roster yes. to do it, and and right now we they did a really good job when they introduced ROH, and then Warner said, "Hey, look, we we want less ROH," and they mm. have done a really good job of that. And we've done the only ROH uh, talents on upcoming pay per view is Claudio and uh, Mark Briscoe, right? And Wheeler, Wheeler, and Wheeler. Uh, but he's not a title holder, is he? He was. He, he was, but he—he's. I, I was. I guess I was talking prominent. Uh, yeah, guys, but yeah. So, you know, oh, oh really you're saying good. you don't like Wheeler Yuta? You think he's weak? <laughs> um, I mean, he's grown on me. He wasn't my favorite six months ago. Yeah, but. I will say I like the pre- five, Paul. I, I like the presentation of Collision so far. I, I like the throwback logo similar to Nitro. I think the graphics look real slick so far. They need to make it look feel like a big deal on the same tier as Dynamite. But what I what I don't like just from a KLP standpoint, I know we haven't really figured out what we're going to do if anything with Collision yet. But as of right now, if they do a hard brand split, we're only going to be talking about half the roster when we're doing these podcasts. Yeah, I don't know if you guys want me on a Saturday night. Fuck, <laughs> boys. Uh, none of us want on a Saturday night. Uh, it could be pretty entertaining. Least, although, well, I mean, you know, Sunday morning, 
about 1030. I'm a little busy. You know, I put a little suit and tie on. Yep. You know, I, I get up and I preach a little bit, but mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon after golf or after whatever I do, I mean, that, that could be entertaining too. I like my weekends a lot. I know. I like my Wednesday nights. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Well, we'll figure something out. Maybe it's maybe we don't do it every week and we pick and choose. But yeah, it's like I told Paul, football season is where I'm gonna have the hurdle. Oh yeah, Um, yeah. college football and NFL. Those are kind of that's kind of where my weekends are at football season. But yeah, figure it out. You footballers, we'll figure it out. Figure it out. Well, you're a Browns fan. Shush. Oh, you're a Browns fan. I can't really talk. My team sucked the last seven years. So. I mean, I'm a. I mean, I have the worst general manager in uh, Indianapolis. So arguably owner too. Ah, dude, he's a badass. Oh my god! All right, next, Paul. Next, next. <laughs> Before we get down into that, Adam Page is then shown backstage, and he doesn't know if he and Kenny were ever really friends, but they were something more important: family. Family sticks together, and this Sunday it leads to anarchy in the arena, and the BCC will pay in blood. Adam Page always speaks from the heart, and I love it. Yes. Yes. Speaking of Adam's speaking from the heart, it's time for the contracts I need. Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Now, I'm not going to go over this whole thing. We'll we'll recap it. We'll, we'll recap it. Hey, um, we ha- it looks like we have a w- WWE fan in the comments on YouTube. It says Roman hey, Reigns yeah. destroys all AEW. Well, spelled Reigns wrong, uh, for one. Um, <laughs> put, put the asterisk. But, uh, no, Roman's good talent, but I don't know if he destroys the whole company. Um, no. No. I'm a, I think he's very, very entertaining. I think he is obviously one of the top three uh, in the sport today over all promotions. Um, I think his storyline over the last six to eight months has been awesome. They've done a hell of a job with that. Um, But he should have lost the mania. Man. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that. We'll get into that in another segment, but yeah, yeah. But back to the if you're you're gonna say he's gonna destroy them all, spell his name right. Back to back to the uh, contract signing. I'm not a big contract signing guy, especially for a for a no uh, unsanctioned match. But I I was trying to find something. I saw the pretty. The interesting statistic regarding uh, Reigns, but I can't find it now. And, and that was uh, Orange Cassidy is two di- title defenses less than Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a quickly approaching a thousand days, and Orange Cassidy hasn't even broke three hundred yet. I, I, I used to, I used to, I used, anyway. to I used to bag on pockets, but I kind of like him now. He's uh, grown on Shep. He is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What the hell was I going to say? Damn it, Paul, you had me thrown off there for a minute. Oh, I don't know. Next. God damn it, Paul. Contract signing. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. like contract. Like you said, I don't like contract signing, but this kind of made sense because Shivani said, hey, look, this is an unsanctioned match. 
So we have no liability of what you two jackalopes do. So <laughs> it worked a little bit here. It's different than, you know, hey, it's a contract match, champion versus this, blah, blah, blah. No, this is an unsanctioned match. Tony Khan has zero liability over you two. So no matter what the heck you do, we're out. That makes sense to me at this point. Yeah, I did like, I thought Adam Cole was very passionate tonight. Um, I did like the fire he showed. Uh, and of course, I like the surprise. The AW debut of a legend. Stop. Ooh. Didn't have that on my bingo card this year. No. Um, I mean, very random. No. Very odd. But. I liked it, but it's now it's still three on five. I thought when he was bringing back, so I thought KOR maybe. I knew it was probably too fast still with his yeah. double neck fusion, but I was ready to pop. And then, yeah, uh, when he so, said uh, so, suicidal, homicidal, genocide, I'm like, are you kidding me? I didn't yeah. even know Sabu was from Vegas to begin with, though, so. So the next thing I I think is they pay for if obviously Sabu's gonna have some type of involvement. He's a special enforcer, yeah. He's in he's Cole's in corner. Backup and who's the who's the next guy that we're gonna see? Who's Sabu gonna call in? Hack. Take it away, Paul. Yep. Hack. We're gonna see Sandman. Yeah. I'll I'll, mm-hmm. I'll call I'll put an extra five bonus points on the KOP prediction that we see Sandman in that match. You know, Tony loves ECW. Yes. So I mean, he talked about f- flying his dad's private jet to Philly to watch that shit. Yeah. And go to that shit hole. He said, yeah. His dad. Could you imagine what his dad thought about? Like, like this is what my son wanted. We fly the private jet and we go into this arena. They call it arena. Yeah. This bingo hall. And this is what my son has got me into. Can you imagine yeah. the conversation? He would get good grades just so he go to a- ECW shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, hack is coming. Good. Nice the chair shot thrown at, um, who did he hit with that, though? Daddy Magic. Yeah. Was it Daddy? Daddy yeah. Magic. <laughs> he got, he got, a little, got a little taste of the chair. He bounced off his nipples. <laughs> hey, you know that DraftKings commercial? He always says, who gets the chair? He got the chair tonight. Yeah. So. All right, uh, Roderick Strong versus Daniel Garcia. I'm trying to keep this thing moving here. I know. Uh, At this point, yeah. I'm going to have to get the charger for my laptop real quick here in a minute. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Gar- uh, towards the end of the match, Garcia goes for a roll-up. It doesn't work. He follows it with a series of slaps, and he then plants Strong down to the mat. But he's able to kick out. He then locks in the Dragon Tamer, but Strong gets out it and hits a gut buster, and then end of heartache. Roderick Strong's becoming one of my favorite AEW wrestlers already. Very fast. Um, they're giving him a push. I mean, 2-0 already with wins over Jericho and Daniel Garcia. Garcia gets yet another loss handed to him, but I don't know, man. I, I like the way Roddy works. I like his theme song a lot, so I'm all for it. Do we all think still think it's SRS when he comes out? No, I'm used to it now. <laughs> I like Sean's reporting, but I think Roddy can go a little more in ring than Sean. Well, probably. <laughs> probably. All right. Main event time. 
the Lucha Bros versus the BCC for the ROH World Tag Team Championships. Uh, towards the end of the match, Phoenix drives Yuta down to the mat, but he is still able to kick out. BCC responds with a fastball special, but Phoenix kicks out this time around. Castanoli takes a cheap shot, and Alex Abrahantes then distracts the official, which allows the Lucha Bros to hit the few. Your winners and still ROH World Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Bros. And then, of course, uh, post-match, Moxley promises this Sunday will be the most violent match in the history of AEW. He says, if you've been offended, then buckle your seatbelts. You've not seen anything yet. Only he was a little more colorful when he said it. <laughs> uh, good match. I like the, I like the, I like the ending with the Young Bucks getting involved there, giving Claudio a bunch of super kicks. Uh, did you guys notice Matt Jackson's shirt tonight? Mm-hmm. I did not. Super kick party, but it was one of the Bullet Club ones. Oh. Yep. It it just had like the kind of those arrow those down arrows. It didn't have the Bullet Club logo, but it had down side. So I'm like, I wonder if he had to get permission to wear that or not. But and, uh, and the, uh, the super kick party was done up in the Bullet Club lettering. Right. So no Kenny tonight on Dynamite, which was interesting, but. Um, yeah, how, do you, how do you have a go home show with maybe arguably your one of your biggest stars and you don't have him on there? Yeah, that was a that was a miss, but yeah. be. he should have been involved in that last segment. But yeah, that was good. If that's your that's your last segment for your go home, you have your uh, some main players right there. So what, I was all for if, it. What if you would have had that that little segment we had? Um, and then with two minutes, one minute to go, and Moxley's got the mic, all of a sudden you cut backstage and you have you have Omega just screaming at Moxley, and there he is on the floor with a bloody Don Callis. Oh, that'd be great. That'd have been great. Because uh, you know that, that way. that's what everybody's got to pop with when, when Kenny and Mox come face-to-face on Sunday. Um, do you guys think Takeshka gets involved? Sunday. I know a lot of people are complaining that we haven't seen him on TV for about a month. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Anarchy Rules, we're going to have some surprise guests, right? Um, Always. You're going to have Don Callis, Takeshna. I don't know who we're going to see with the Elite. We, you know, Obviously with the Bucks, Omega, and Hangman. Oh, I think I know if we get one more. I think I, I, think know I have one. I don't. I we haven't seen him on any prominent television since nineteen, or the, it's been a while. COVID, but I mean, are you thinking the same thing I'm? I, I'm thinking Golden. Uh, no, no. I know we talked about it in the past, but this guy made a comment on social media about Ricky Starks. I can't the, I don't know who you're thinking about. The villain. Oh, I don't. I don't think they go there. It'll be Coda. I've Bush worn off anybody. on Shep. No, 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 no. Marty Squirrel will not be a part of AW. No. Ever? Ne- never. Well, 
okay, let's not forget last year during this exact same match, Conan showed up and he's not a part of AEW. Hey, Tanner, if if Marty ever shows up on AEW, you have to wear a IU jersey for a podcast. No, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> okay, okay, so you're not too confident. Well, I'm confident, but I'm not doing that. I'm not. Nope. Nope. Don't want that crap in my house. <laughs> but I am really confident. I, I was ready to do whatever else you were going to say, but that's one thing I won't do. So. All right, you got to do eight shots of tequila in a row. Make sure I take the next day off work. All right. No, <laughs> I, I have a bucket beside me. Uh, I just, you know, I, I enjoyed what Marty used to do as an act. I don't know enough about his, situ- his legal situation, everything that happened, but I just think TK stays away from him from a PR standpoint. For what I can read, he's been cleared of all accusations and 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 – He's fine. Um, he has done some stuff with, uh, uh, is it AAA? Or AAA. CML, or is yep. it CMLL? I think it's both. Is it both? Okay. I he's, think it's both. He's, he's working in Mexico. Let's put it that way. But, um, you know, now I've been predicting Takeshka turns heel, Kota Bushi debuts. They got a lot of other big shows coming up too, so maybe they hold off on that one. Maybe maybe that's something closer to all in. Because Coda Coda has said he wants to work with AEW, and you gotta think Kenny wants to work with them again. A lot yeah, of history yeah. there. Then that and, that that will tug at the original AEW fans' heartstrings too. And remember, um, as this feud really took off. Before Don turned, Kenny was spending a lot of time on his phone. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And and last time we saw Takeshka, he was bleeding. Don bled. Mm-hmm. When you bleed, you usually become part of the BCC. So it's intriguing. It's a, it's a great story they're telling. So I mean, a lot of a lot of layers. Moxley bleeds on house shows. Oh, he's got to bleed buckets someday. Moxley bleeds in the shower. What are you talking about? <laughs> The water hits him and he starts bleeding. Uh, we'll wait for uh, a chef to get back here before uh, we wrap up with uh, the dynamite segment. Uh, but um, yeah, I'd like to say I have rubbed off on Shep since he is now pulling for the villain. I. You know, I like what Marty did with the ball. Day one of KOP, I was convinced he was coming, but I just don't see it. You know, if if so, I'll eat crow. See him with the. Yeah, I just. I mean, we haven't seen Flip Gordon. I think that's another reason too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flip kind of got pulled down with all that because he was riding with those guys. Um, well, and he made some comments too, some more political comments. I think that hurt him. Yeah. Good old days. I still just want to yell book flip. <laughs> uh, that was a fun, fun ROH New Japan days. Yep. For sure. It sure was. But uh, no, I think, see, my thing is if, if Marty comes in, I'd rather see him go with, um, Jay and Juice. 
I just have a feeling if if the Bucks and Kenny wanted him in, he'd be in. I don't know where their friendship lies, but because you know, last time we saw him on on main television, he yeah. was a kind of head of I, head I, of creative for ROH, and Tony's got the rights of ROH now. So, yeah, I don't know. And last time he was on BTE, they ignored him. Long time ago. And we have seen Flip on BT since once. Yes. Yes. But. Hi, Shep. Welcome back. Hey, I had to make a pit stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, let's do this. Let's wrap up Dynamite with um, Superstar of the Night. Shep, go first. I can't believe I'm saying this. Pockets. Oh, I thought it was going to be Dax for his promo. Um, I, here's that's why. why I put him first. Here's why. He has consistently delivered over the last six weeks. Uh, and I don't know over the six weeks how many times he's let off the show, but it's Four, probably? Yeah, at least. The dude's got to be banged up. I, I I think there's some dirt sheets saying that he is banged up. But he continues continuously does what he does. And I'm he's, he's growing very, very little with me week after week, getting brownie points. Um. I'm taking my hats off to pockets. Mad respect. He is my wrestler of the night. It's a good one. All right. Okay. So I, I found what I was looking for earlier. Roman reigns has 28 title defenses in 998 days. Orange Cassidy has 23 defenses in 225 days. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. Hats off to Orange Cassidy. You can't go wrong there. That and spell spell Roman Reigns' name right if you're going to give a shit about it, pal. Roman Reigns is spelled uh, (laughs) O-R-A-N-G-E-C-A-S-S-I-D-Y. All right, Tanner, who's your pick? Tough one tonight. I feel like you can go with a lot of people, male or female. Um... Hmm. I'm going to go Buddy Matthews. Just for right. using his girlfriend's finish. <laughs> Sending that message to Dominic. Used mommy's finish. Yeah. Um, all right. I could go well, down a big old rabbit hole right now, but I'm not. <laughs> no, we're. No. We got too much left in the pod. Yeah, no, yeah we do. <laughs> Um. All right. Uh, I'm going with somebody who lost tonight. I'm going to go Lady Frost. That I bowed that. I about I like that. She's yeah. good. Uh, just because she came out, showed what she can do, and put on a hell of a match. She's good. She got a so. unique look. Um, I'd be all for AW yeah. signing her. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Rating of the show, Tanner. You're going first. 
Yeah, I thought it was a good go home show. I thought I thought it was one of those shows where the promos were more intriguing than the in ring work necessarily. I mean, there was nothing like that made me think, "Oh my god, I have to buy this this show on Sunday." I was gonna buy it no matter what, anyways, even if tonight's dynamite was the worst ever because. I always get the pay-per-views, and I really like Double or Nothing. But um, with all that said, it could have been a lot worse. Um, I still think the show's going to deliver Sunday, even though the build-up hasn't been the best we've ever seen, but it hasn't been the worst we ever, we've ever seen for AEW pay-per-view. With all that said, I'm going 7-3 tonight. All right. I thought it was a better show um, than expected, just because we're building up to it's it's a go home show. I know mm-hmm. we got Rampage on Friday, but this is to me it's a go home show. Yeah. Um I thought they hit on a lot of their key feuds going into this. I know we haven't had the longest storytelling going into this pay-per-view. Um but yeah, I was I was entertained. Um I was man, I'll be quite honest. I was like 732 so I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit uh, more. I'm gonna go seven four. Oh, I'm lowering ship. Yeah, and I'm always the guy that's slow. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the negative guy. I'm the one that I'm the the pessimist, and Tanner's the optimist. But now I got the middle finger ready for Paul because yeah. he's just gonna do it to do it. He's going seven. I'm going wet ship. No, he's yeah. gonna go above you. Oh, okay. so I'm the lowest. No, actually, I'm not. Uh, I was not entertained by tonight's show. The promos kept me, but uh, the matches didn't really keep my attention tonight. I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, I am probably the lowest, and Tanner, you can go back and look, because I think this is the lowest I've ever given. Um, Six, seven. Yeah. I think you've been lower one other time, but I, I, I could be wrong. I thought you went about six, three, or four one time. Okay. Like there was yeah. one show that we all just crapped on one week. I don't remember what it was. It was yeah. a while back. It, I just it didn't yeah. keep my attention tonight outside of the promos. So, well, you know, I, I I, I'm, I'm sure they'd rather your attention be on Sunday. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so who's leading the uh, the predictions, you or me, Tanner? I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. You've read All enough right. tonight, so I'll take it. All right, right good. Yeah, so, I just wrote down. Yeah, yeah, I just wrote down opponents. I didn't write down the actual matches. So uh, as of right now, we have nine matches announced for Double or Nothing. All said and done, we'll probably have 11 or 12. They haven't announced anything for the zero hour, um, which, by the way, where the hell's Hook been? I don't know why it just I just thought a hook, but zero hour made me think a hook. Uh, I just saw in the 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 fantasy group we're in, Tanner. Yeah. Somebody posted a picture of Hook holding his title in a ring, and it they had, AEW apparently has a new ref, and they were asking who the ref was. I wonder if it's because they are doing like one or two dark matches without airing them. Um, well, traditional dark matches. So I wonder if he was on one of those because Abaddon returned last week on a dark Might match. Might have been. So and she looked in phenomenal shape, by the way. Um, all yeah, right. she lost a bunch of weight and toned yeah, she up did. a lot. So we have nine matches we're picking from. We'll start with one that's been built heavily on Rampage, with Ethan Page and the Guns versus I'm going to call him the Hardy Party. It's Isaiah Casty, Matt Hardy, and Jeff Hardy. And the stipulation is if the Hardy Party wins, they get Ethan Page contract. 
All good. right. Shep, lead us off. Um, Jeff Hardy doesn't lose in his return. The Hardys for seven. Seven. Paul? I don't have as much confidence as Shep does, uh, but I went to Hardy Party for three. Hardy Party for three. I'm a little higher than you, Paul, a little lower than Shep. I went Hardy Party for four. I agree with Shep. No way. Jeff Hardy loses in his return, but there's some other ones I'm more confident in than this one. So I guess the Ethan yeah. Page contract thing might throw me a little bit, but as an Ethan Page, as a Ethan, Page, Ethan Page fan, I would love to see his contract owned by the Hardys, and maybe we get a face turn out of him. I think that'd be fun. Mark. <laughs> That's all right. I like Ethan Page. I think he's very underrated. Yes, he wrestled against the green screen. Karate man. Hey, you know what? Kenny Omega has wrestled an invisible man and an inflatable doll, and look where he's at. It's very true. The inflatable doll is kind of a legend over there in Japan, so. Joey Janela has done the same thing, but I'm not putting him as a legend. Um, (laughs) TNT title ladder match, Warlow versus Christian Cage. We'll go same order. Me first? Yep. I got Christian Cage Ooh. upset three points. Three. Uh, I, Shep, seriously, can we stop agreeing on people? I picked Cage for the upset for two. <laughs> oh, boy. Here's the difference. I got Wardlow retaining for two. As a Wardlow fan, I'm going to be pissed if he loses because third time the guys had the TNT title, give him a little run. And if you're going to have him lose, don't have him lose to Christian Cage. He can lose. I don't even want Dinosaur Man to have it either, but I'd rather that than Christian. So, But it is Christian's match, ladder match. So going War Dog for two. And I feel the TNT is just a freaking hot potato. That, right? that, that's why I'm saying just keep it on him for a little longer. Just a little longer. Be consistent, Tony. Yeah. Passing it on. <laughs> All right, the TBS title. This is a one that stayed on has stayed on Jade for a long, long time. She's fifty plus and oh. Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. Sixty. Six is she up to sixty now? Sixty. They said sixty tonight. Well, it's legit. It's not Goldberg streak. Jade right. Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. Taya for five. Jade's gonna cost me the belt again, but <laughs> It's time to take the damn belt off of her and escalate her to the championship title picture. She is a star. I know she's green in the ring, but she is a star. Move her up and let's move on with things. Taya Valkyrie could hold that TBS title and do it well. She's a hell of a performer. Let's move on. I finally win this one now. (laughs) There's my sales pitch. And to like come in and say, look, I as much as I'd love for Statlander to be the one to dethrone Jade, nobody knows what's happening with Statlander. So I'm going Taya for four. You know, I got to roll with my girl. She's won me a lot in these predictions. I'm going Jade for five. I can't. I don't disagree that she's had it a long time. I want to see her in the main title picture. But if I had the pencil 
I pulled the trigger. I don't know who against at all in. That's where I changed the title. Well, how about this? No, no, we don't change the title at all in. We build up to that. We 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 build Jade up to all in, then put the belt on Jade. Big, biggest 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 stage. Come on, come on. Yeah, see, I'm I'm differing from you guys already on the last two, so this could be real interesting for me. Real interesting. All right, let's go with the other women's match for the world title. A rematch from Full Gear: Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm. I got Jamie Hader six. You gotta have that Hater raid. I went five. I agree with you both, but I went Jamie for three. A little lower, but. Yeah, I'd be surprised if she loses. The International Blackjack Battle Royale. We don't even know all the participants, but we know OC is defending. So do you have OC or do you not have OC? That is, you don't even have to pick anybody else. OC or no? I got OC for one. (laughs) I've got anybody other than OC for one. Okay. I actually went Ricky Starks. I'll I'll say it. I'll, if, if anybody else wins, you get the point. So that's how I'll do it. It's too hard. I went OC for seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my reasoning was the more I thought about it today, I think OC barely survives and we get a feud coming out of this. And whoever he's feuding with eventually takes it off him. I don't know who that's going to be, but. I could get burned big time on that, but taking a chance. Taking hey, a if chance. that's what costs me the belt, I'm okay with that. FTR, tag team title uh, championship match, FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with uh, Mark Briscoe as the uh, special referee. First defense, FTR eight. That kind of shows my hand on the last uh, match. I went... <laughs> Yeah, last two. Oh, yeah, uh, I guess three, three. I guess we got three still, don't we? Three. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I stuck with their nickname seven for FTR. Seven. Well, we're all in agreement here. I went FTR for eight. Um, the IWC would freak out, good and bad, if, if Lethal and Jarrett won this. But I don't see it happening. FTR is too hot. They just won the titles. They're going to give them a long title reign. We need to see them against Aussie Open. We need to see them against the Bucks. There's just multiple teams we need to see them against. It's not their time to time to lose it. FTR for eight. And my confidence points actually went up when I saw Aussie Open signed. Yeah. Because yeah. they said Davis is going to be out only about six weeks. So he could be yeah. back for Forbidden Door. Uh, eh, Forbidden Door's probably pushing it. Uh, but he'll be back for I'm all thinking in. all in in London. Yeah, yeah. Unshaked sanction match now with Sabu and Adam Cole's corner. Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. I got Adam Cole for two. I got Adam Cole for nine. Ooh. Let's go, Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, JS could get involved. Uh, I got Adam Cole Bebe for six. I don't see him losing his first big feud since coming back, and I think he's the next challenger to MJF. Oh, well, you just showed your hand there who you got. 
I don't care. That's no secret. Uh, Anarchy in the arena, BCC versus the Elite. I got the Elite for four. Uh, I got the Elite for eight because neither um, Brian nor Moxley have done well in Anarchy in the arena. It's true. And everything big like this that the elite has been involved in with stadium stampede anything they always seem to come out on top so i'm pulling for the elite um with eight let's go bcc i got bcc for one um uh, i think this rivalry goes until a blood and guts match down the line so i guess i'm rooting for bcc uh, and lastly, the main event, the Pillars match, the Fatal 4-Way for the AEW World Championship, MGF, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. MGF for nine. MGF for six. I am with MGF for nine. I've let that secret out of the bag weeks ago. I think both Shep and I did. There was an episode you weren't joining us, Paul. We both kind of said, kind of laid our cards out there that, no way MJF loses this, but no. What what makes you go? I'm just curious, Paul. What makes you go with MJF for only six? Um, I almost win nine, but literally my last two matches that I did were Adam Cole and MJF. Um, I just I I feel stronger about Adam Cole winning than I do MJF. MJF burns me every time I put big points on him. So, so, so looking at Paul's and I pick, we picked everything the same except one one match. That's, it, that's the twenty one man battle royal. So I got one point on Orange Cassidy, and I had he has one point on not Orange Cassidy. Other than that, we picked the same. I differ from you boys a lot, but I am going to throw a proposition out there. And, Chip, you're the one to say yes or no because you are the reigning defending KOP Predictions champion. I'm proposing another additional five points on the main event for whoever can guess who takes the pinfall or submission. You can take it or leave it. I'm in. So we each can say who we think is going to take the pinfall or submission. If if you're right, you get five extra points. And we can go same order again. We can. So we all pick right. the same guy. We could. We could. Uh, I'm picking Sammy. Okay. <laughs> Might as well mark it as two while you're right there, Tanner. Okay. I've thought since. MJF said, I'll give you this check if you lay down. Sammy was taking the pinfall. So, Well, I'm differing, and I was going to differ anyways. I'm going Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Oh, that was, I was I was teetering back and forth. I, I, yeah, that's a good one. Especially with tonight, he got the upper hand on MJF. I think MJF hits him with a ring or something. Something shady. Something He won't win clean. He'll do something shady. So, I knew Darby. Darby's not taking that pin clean. I don't think so either. Out of all the whole group. I don't think so either. And, and I think, I'm not saying we're ready for a Jack Perry heel turn, but he's starting to get some edginess to him, which is good for his character. 
But I think they kind of want to build Sammy almost as a face with some of the reactions he's getting lately. And, and Darby, of course, is a face. So, yeah. We'll see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun predictions to follow. Some interesting picks across the board. So, I hope Paul and I dominate Tanner <laughs> until the Battle Royal. Because if that's the case, this thing ain't going nowhere. That's what it's going to come down to. Hey, I got... If it comes down to that battle royal, I'm completely fine, and because I've been getting my rear end kicked when it comes to women's matches. So I got orange for seven in the battle royal, but if it comes down to that, I'm in trouble because that means I missed the TNT, I missed the women's title. Uh, you missed, yeah, you missed the TNT, anarchy, the uh, anarchy, everything, everything. the yeah. main event. Yeah, you got four circles against Paul and I's <laughs> same picks. I love it. Because I felt like at Revolution, we all pretty much agreed. And Paul, Revolution's Paul's show. Can't beat him at Revolution. Yeah, until this year. Oh, you took it. No, you took it at the ROH show. Yeah. That's where you want it. That's right. That's right. So. All right. Well, before yeah, we... I retained and then quickly lost. So this is the fifth double or Wait nothing. Wait a minute. Hold on. So you're saying you're quit, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I mean, you put that on a tee. I had to take a swing. <laughs> hey, if you talk to Dax, check out Blue Chew. <laughs> yeah, that's a sponsor we need to get. I would love to take a rotation at those reads. Yes. Oh, I can, man. Hey, hey, as much as I love Dax, and he's my favorite professional wrestler as of right now, Blue Chew, I could give you guys some exciting readings on said Blue Chew. You probably make me blush. <laughs> we'll make we'll make Tanner blush. He makes his orange shirt make his face look red. <laughs> uh, look like Brother Love out here. <laughs> uh, before we get into, I know we got a list to go over and a Cody segment go over, but I wanted to get your guys' opinion. This is going to be our fifth double or nothing pay per view, which I still think they need to run it away from Vegas next year. But looking back on the double or nothings, what are what is your guys' favorite match from double or nothing over the years? Would you say? Oh, or you can name a couple, I guess, if it makes it easier, but. I don't. I don't think this was a match, but I'm. I'm guessing the biggest spot I've ever double or nothing was Moxley's debut, wasn't it? Right after Jericho and Omega, which yeah. was a good match. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, a, I know it's not a match, but I mean, it was that a heck just, of a moment. Just, yeah. I think I got to go back to that one with the uh, Cody and Dustin. They tore the house down that night with blood and that like. I hadn't been that emotionally involved in the match in a long time. I thought they they killed it, you know. For they wanted to have that WrestleMania match. WWE always said no, 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 and they told him to shove it up their ass. And he broke the thorn, the throne, which is we'll get into it in our in our segment coming up, which is really weird to look back on now. But uh, that whole thing, and I also really like the Stadium Stampede matches, the first one especially in 2020. I know it was weird at Daly's place and pandemic with COVID and everything, but. For that one night, it took my mind away from everything. It was just pure entertainment. Paul, anything? 
Those yeah, are all ball. good matches. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just sitting here, you know, taking in what you guys said because, you know, I was going to say Moxley's debut was a good one. Um, uh, Moxley Kenny was good. Yeah, it was. Um, I enjoyed last year's Anarchy in the Arena match. So that was a lot of fun. Last year's Anarchy in the Arena match, but uh, I got to go right there, right along with you, Tanner. Um, the Rhodes Boys match was yep. fantastic. Well, I know you got the painting behind you there of them. So, yep. So, yeah, that was that build was fun. You know, Cody was trying to kill the Attitude Era. Dustin proved he could still go. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, but also, it's, you know, looking back on it, sadly, is Brody Lee's title shot against Moxley in 2020, which he delivered in that match, too. It's just yeah. sad looking back what we could have got out of him going forward that we didn't, unfortunately. So Yeah. But a lot of good matches, and I hope Sunday, you know, I've seen some people crapping on the card a little bit, but I think it'll deliver. I think it'll over-deliver, I should say. I think it'll be good. Yeah. I think it'll be good. So... All right, do we want to do Cody segment next or our list? Let's do the Cody segment real quick. All right. I, think it'll be, I think it'll be a little quicker. Yeah, so Cody Rhodes, he was he was uh, featured heavily on Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, three different times, I think he was on camera. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, so what do you guys want to talk about? We want to talk about Cowboy Brock Lesnar taking it to Cody this week. Uh, tax Cody when Cody's making his way backstage to the ring and Beats the crap out of him, throws him into some kegs, and hits him with a keg. And uh, Cowboy Brock was pretty fired up. And then I didn't really care for the next segment with with Cody came out without shirt on and was selling the arm injury. Um, Like this is reminding me of when he did the pec injury with Seth, but Brock stepped on his arm. uh, But uh, I thought the ending of the show was really interesting with Trips, Trips and Cody. Um, for one, I'm like, this is still crazy to me that we're getting these two on TV together after everything that happened. I mean, going back to 2019, double or nothing, smashing the throne and everything. Um, you know, Triple H trying to talk him out of it. Cody said he's going to show up at night of champions on Saturday for a fight, but it was the smirk at the end from Triple H. That smirk. I'm like, is he setting Cody up? Are we going to get a Triple H back on TV as a heel? But, but we... Which would be perfect, but Trip Trips can't perform anymore. No, he can't. Even though that's the match, Cody has been on record. That's the match he would love. That's like his dream match. But I don't think we're gonna get that. That's not gonna happen. But oh. it leads me me to believe that Cody's losing on Saturday. No, Co- Cody can't lose. If 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 they're gonna if they're gonna tell this story all the way to SummerSlam. He's got to somehow gut out a performance and win, and that boosts him for the next what two months. SummerSlam is in August, right? Yeah, they got Money in the Bank before that over in England. Yeah, because SummerSlam is in Detroit in August. Yep. So you you got it. I guess I guess he could win Money in the Bank. Um, but. I just don't see it. if you're going to continue the story, if you're going to somehow top WrestleMania, he's got to go over Brock twice, and then and then maybe win Money in the Bank with Brock in the match. I think we get a trilogy. 
I think we get the third. I think Brock goes over Saturday because I know Brock's a part-timer, but also you can't have him taking too many losses, especially two back-to-back. Um, and this way, Cody is fighting with one arm. It's more understandable if he loses. So I think Cody loses here. Gets away from Brock for a little bit. He's in the Money in the Bank match, and for whatever reason, Brock comes out, costs him that. You get the trilogy at SummerSlam. Cody goes over Brock there. Then he starts building himself back up for WrestleMania 40 to get Roman. That's my opinion. That's what I would do if I had the best. So you guys, if, if, if that happens at SummerSlam, you got to get Cody through I know Series and Royal Rumble. I know. I don't know how you do that, but I've also heard the 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 backers of WWE saying this is exactly why they couldn't put the title on Cody at WrestleMania because what do you do with him after he beats Roman with the title? Have him defend it <laughs> against everybody. I don't know. Have your writers do the unify job. <laughs> I will say, you know, I was thinking about the programs Cody's been involved in since he returned. Had that trilogy with Seth, then he got hurt. But that's a huge name. Came back, won the Rumble. Then he was with Rowan. Now he's with Brock. And all of a sudden, Triple H is getting involved. Those are the who's who of WWE. So they're using them correctly. I still think they made a mistake by not pulling the trigger at WrestleMania 39. Don't get me wrong. But I am, I guess, willing to let the story play out a little longer. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't know if I want Roman champ for you know till Mania again. You're 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 saying that because you're a Cody fan. You're and, right, and and I'm right there with you. Um, I still think they shit the bed in WrestleMania. So if they go, if they have him go over Brock. Go over Brock, you know, especially go over Brock with a, you know, with a, with one one wing. He's he's down a wing, and then somehow at, at Money in the Bank involve him again. If you don't put the, and I know the title change at SummerSlam is not the same as a title change at WrestleMania, but it's what it's what Cody wants, so. And, and and maybe Cody then defends it at Survivor Series or has a team event at Survivor Series, somehow comes out of Royal Umbrella and then turns around and beats him again at WrestleMania 40. Was that, it's in Philly, right? Philly, yeah, which is yeah. a tough crowd. Yeah, 40-year anniversary, Philly. I know The Rock's supposed to be involved. Ah, they blew that with – they should have The Rock at Hollywood. You know what? Philly's a way better wrestling town than Hollywood. It is. I'm not disagree with you at all there, but just with the rock associated with Hollywood, it was there for the making and they blew it. I'm pretty sure Rock Stone Cold was in Philly, right? WrestleMania 15, yep. The first of their trilogy. Hey, Paul, remember that old trivia question we talked about? We did that little segment. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Rose was the Philly fanatic and got beat up by Kane. Because yeah. that was the old uh, that was the old uh, Jim Ross came back and called that match. He was nervous after his uh, Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy. I was going to say Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy. Yeah, yeah. He was. I remember reading in his book. He was like, "Look, you guys requested me. You're going to throw me out here and do this." And he did just fine. Yep. 
Yep. So, anyways. Uh, and of course, nobody can yell Stone Cold better than JR anyway, so. That's true. That's true. No, um, no. Not by the way, speaking of Stone Cold, I thought one of the one of the best comments came out of Stone Cold this past week. He said that out of all the people that have ever sold a Stone Cold stunner, Pat McAfee was in the top five. Yep. And if you watch that, the way he sold that, he spit the beer out and he rolled out on the floor and then Stone Cold threw a beer at him actually as he's laying there and he just chugged it. Yeah. Dribbled out of the side of his mouth. He was living the best life. Yes. And what a what a million dollar segment there with Stone Cold and Pat McAfee that probably Tanner and Paul, I don't know if Paul if you're a big Pat McAfee fan like I was before he got into professional wrestling. Never thought in my dreams that I thought my favorite punter would be one of my favorite wrestlers. And now, unfortunately, I don't think we'll see him involved much with WWE with his no. new deal with ESPN. But good for him. That's a big money deal. It's I, just, so, money. I just hope they don't mess with the show too much. It's a big money deal. and I, Look, I always felt like Pat was uh, going against the grain. Um, when he signed with Barstool, every, everything was good at Barstool. And then he did this little documentary where he was a, a single-A professional baseball player for a day, and he, he videotaped it. He wanted to sell it for money. And the Barstool exec said, eh, you know, we don't know if we want that. You know, it's hard. We, we want a piece of that pie. And so he, he split from Barstool. Everybody thought, oh, man, you're a dumb splitting from Barstool. Barstool, and he grew it, grew it to the conglomerate he had. You know, uh, I think DraftKings was his big guy, and then he got uh, a Fanduel. Fanduel. Sorry, sorry, Fanduel. That's all right. That's all right. They're, they're competitors. Yeah, but then then he got in WWE and he was doing all that stuff, and then yep. I, I I don't want to say he succumbed to the money, but. He's going to ESPN. And- He's got a kid now, you know. I mean, not. Yeah. He would. He's already got play money, but. Yeah. But, and- no, he, he sold a stunner. The Rock was the best at selling the stunner. Scott Hall, legendary one at WrestleMania. Um, it's 18 in Toronto when he looked like he was flying in outer space. Rest in peace. Bad guy. R.I.P. Um, hey, yeah. R.I.P. to. Uh- Superstar, Billy Graham. Yes, yes, last we week. Lost, we lost him last week. Yep. Uh, one last thing I want to say, you brought up Stone Cold before we get into our list, because I know this could fire you guys up. You might have saw it today. Did you see the crazy uh, take from a legendary wrestler on what he he wants one more match today against Stone Cold? Did you see this? No. I did not. Hulk Hogan. Said he wants one more match. He wants Stone Cold at WrestleMania 40 for a proper retirement match. And he was announcing today his new company. He's selling uh, uh, mushrooms and I think gummies. And because he says he feels like he's 25 again, he feels like he's the best he's felt in his life. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work for me, brother. I don't want to see that. Sorry. He's got he's got two hips and one knee at least. The tons of crap in his back. I 
All I can think of him in late in his career is that TNA run. That was bad enough. I don't need to see any more. No. No, no, no. I, no, 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 no. Nope. No. Nope. All right, with that said, speaking of Hulk Hogan, speaking of Stone Cold Steve no. Austin, two guys who have changed this industry, last week we got in a conversation of our top five greatest professional wrestlers of all time. We gave each other some homework to come up with a list, so that's what we did. So, starting with number five, we'll go the same order we did our predictions. Austin, I want to know, in your opinion, who the fifth greatest professional wrestler of all time is. So, so I have two names with a with a with a dash. Okay. And and I'll tell you a little bit of a background on my um, picks, and it is who has entertained me the most over my professional wrestling watching. Career. I like that. Okay. That's how and I get mine too. Okay. And I have a dash there. And if you're going to make me pick one, it's going to be Kenny Omega. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Who has entertained me over his matches over the last, let's just say, six to seven years. Um, when I started watching professional wrestling uh, for uh, enjoyment, like, you know, I've always watched it, you know, back in the 90s or whatever. We, we watched it on Monday nights, Thursday nights, Tuesday nights, whatever night it was on. But when I decided to dive back into the sport of professional wrestling and I got into New Japan, ROH, in other promotions, and I learned about Kenny Omega. So, Kenny Omega is my fifth on that one. I like it. And if you want to know who my dash is, and it'll throw you guys off, Paul's going to roll his eyes. It's Will Ospreay. And, and the only reason he did not make it over Kenny is because I've only watched Will for the last maybe three years. Maybe four, but yeah. If we're going active wrestlers, they were definitely would be on my top five. Both of them. Neither one made my top five. Kenny was on my honorable mention. But, and and I'll, and I'll spoiler alert, I don't have any current AW talent in my top five. I have some of my honorable, Steen's on my honorable mention. I don't, I don't either, but. But. Yeah. Paul, number five for you. HBK, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. I've Can't enjoyed argue watching Shawn. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed watching him as long as I can remember. Um, always entertained me. Always looked forward to an HBK segment until he cut his hair. Um, but, oh, HBK, I mean, he's got to be in everybody's top five, right? To, uh, let us know your your two AW guys in your top five there. I'll be interested. My number five, John Cena. He was a guy. I will be honest. When he was an everyday active WWE superstar, he wore on me a little bit. I got kind of tired of him. But since he's been away for the business, I've been able to reflect 
on what he did exactly. I mean, 16-time world champion ties Ric Flair for the most championships all time. Um, even though Flair technically won more than that, but they say 16. Um, just everything he did, too, for the Make-A-Wish. And, and the guy carried the company on his back in kind of a low time in the company's history. So, um, yeah, Cena. I mean, I didn't care for his match against Theory this year, but just the fact he comes back once in a while for a short run says a lot. And, uh, I mean, the dude went against everybody for a decade. And, I appreciate uh, that he puts uh, Theory over, though. Yeah, I do, too. And, and he always seemed to do the right for the business. Um, I mean, I'm sure he had a tough time putting the rock over, to be honest, when he, when he, when he did at 20, at, uh, the WrestleMania 20, uh, 28, but he got it back at 29. So, um, yeah, I'll go with, uh, you can't see me for number five. Uh, it says here, Jericho and Sting, when it's all said and done, Omega will be there too. Yeah. Jericho's on my honorable mention. He was real close to number five on my list, just from a creativity standpoint, how he can recreate his character over and over again. It's unbelievable. And the guy's eight-time world champ. That's just world champ, not counting intercontinental, tag, all that. So, All right, Chef, number four. Okada. Okay. The Rainmaker. Maybe the top three or four in Japan of all time. There was there was a couple top guys in Japan um, that were before my time. Okay. Um, another guy that really tickled me in, in New Japan that I thought could make this list was uh, Juice and Thunder Liger. I thoroughly enjoyed him when he would come over to WCW back in the day. Um, super entertaining. Obviously a WWE Hall of Famer. I, I don't know how that works, but I don't know if he ever performed in the WWE at all. But Just because they own the rights to WCW. Yeah, he had a couple matches, but um, I think Okada really deserves to be in the top five of all time. So uh, you really like Forbidden Door then, or the concept of Forbidden Door. That's what that's what I'm getting. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Paul, number four. Chris Jericho. I've been a Jericho fan since his time in WCW. Um, you know, I'll never forget the, the promo where he went out there and just listed off, you know, a thousand and <laughs> one different moves, uh, just because he could, uh, went through an entire commercial break and kept talking the entire time. So I've always been a Jericho fan. I'll always be a Jericho fan and yeah, he's number four for me. He's creative. He's still good to this day. I had a real tough time leaving on off this list, but he was an honor mention for me. Number four for me, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you know, I know a lot of people uh, just accomplishments say, well, he was only a six-time WWF champion. Yeah, but he carried it each time for a long time. He was the face of not only the company, but professional wrestling at the time in the hottest wrestling period of all time. And he, along with probably Hulk Hogan, maybe John Cena's up there now, of course, The Rock, are some of the guys where even if you don't like professional wrestling, you know who they are. Um, and Stone Cold was definitely that. I mean, the brand itself, humongous. I still always wonder to this day what Stone Cold's career would have been like if the curtain call didn't happen because Triple H was supposed to win Hunter Hearst Helmsley at the time, was supposed to win King of the Ring, therefore 
Austin 316 segment against Jake Snake Roberts would have never happened. I think Steve still would have had a good career, but I don't think it ever would have reached the heights that it did. So, right. it's kind of one of those crazy what ifs, but uh, Stone Cold will always be one of the more entertaining acts, in my opinion. Number three, Shep. QT Marshall. <laughs> All right, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Poor QT. <laughs> I mean, you guys laughed, so hopefully anybody it was funny. laughed. But um, no, number three, I got Shawn Michaels, Heartbreak Kid. Um, many matches that I watched him, the Iron Man match with Bret Hart, one of my favorite matches of all time. You know, that match has been on IWC a lot lately because it's either a lot of people's favorite or they call it the most overrated match. I really, I thoroughly enjoy I mean, it's 60 minutes. Yeah. And after about after about twenty to twenty five minutes into that match, you get so many I don't want to call it false finishes, but you get so many close pinfalls. falls. Yeah, because it's you know we had so many pinfalls in that match, so it had you on the edge. Um, you know, I love the match with Stone Cold and Sean with uh, Mike Tyson involved. Yep. I thought that was a great match. Too. Mania fourteen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I uh, thought so that was another great match of Sean's. Um, obviously, the latter matches with uh, Razor Ramon, right? WrestleMania 10, yep. Yeah, that was another great one. Um, yeah, I was thoroughly the Montreal screw job. I mean, he was he was in the middle of it. Shawn Michaels was one hell of a performer, one hell of a storyteller. Not the biggest guy in the room, so he had to make up for it. Which, if if you would think of Vince McMahon's typical professional wrestler back in the day, Sean did not fit the mold, so he had to do something different to elevate himself into the main event scene, and he did. So, Shawn Michaels, number three. Sure. Uh, Majin here, uh, appreciate him tuning in again. He said Jericho's number one for him because of how he's always re- reinvented himself. One of a short list uh, to also give back to the industry by putting himself over or putting others over, and the fact that uh, he can get anything over. Um, and here's his top five he's got Jericho one, Owen Hart two, Dusty Rhodes three, Sting four, Ric Flair five. I like the shout to Owen there. Owen's one of the more underrated talents of all time. I can respect that. He said he might be a little biased. Well, you're Canadian. That's okay. I respect that. I respect that big time. Paul, who's your number three? The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! I've always enjoyed what Rick's done. Um, I he think, likes the kettle. Yeah. Rick <laughs> yeah. likes the kettle. Yeah. Uh, there, there's almost as many Rick stories outside of the ring as there are <laughs> inside of the ring. Um, and that just makes him entertaining. And, and like we talked, this was kind of built off of who entertained me. So uh, I had to go with Flair for three. Well, I agreed with Shep here. I went HBK Shawn Michaels as my number three. I mean, you look at his career, he wasn't a huge guy who won a lot of championships. He held the WWF championship three times, the World Heavyweight Championship once, won that at the first elimination chamber. Intercontinental three times, European one, tag team one, uh, the world tag team five times, two-time Royal, Royal, Royal Rumble, wow, winner. Um, but the guy just, like Chef said, 
found ways to get over in the ring every time. Every night, you knew he was going to be the showstopper. He was going to steal the show. Mm-hmm. He was going to have great matches. Didn't matter if it was Mania. I mean, Shep named a few of his classics. Also, a few I want to name. Triple Threat with Ben Wall and, and Triple H at WrestleMania 20. Uh, Angle at 21, one of the best matches I've ever seen. Um, even him and Cena at 23 was good. He and Rick in the retirement match, 24, talking about getting emotion involved. He and Taker both times, 25, 26. Even the special guest referee in the Hell in Cell at Mania 28 was great. I wish he wouldn't have come back in Saudi when he did with the shaved head and everything. I, I wish he would have just stayed retired and not come back for that one-off, but is what it is, even though that was the worst tag team match I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, HBK's – it was it never – Maybe we should do a watch along sometime just to get your reaction. No. But uh, HBK, uh, awesome guy and just so good in the ring. So good. I mean, that my list was kind of guys who could entertain me, but also some longevity, some good in-ring work. I kind of had a mix in there. And HBK, I don't know how somebody can make a list of top five without HBK, to be honest. But uh, but people do. I think I said that, didn't I, Shep? You did. Maybe. People Stealing my words. Uh, Majin here says, yes, but Owen was the one who also made me want to get into the business as well. At the time, you didn't see many guys who wrestled like him. Very true. It's true. Very true. It, it was talked about Owen um, coming out of Canada, and he he uh, worked like a luchador. Yeah. He had that much ability and athleticism. You know, he was not your typical Canadian wrestler coming out of uh, – Canada because he could do the flips and all that stuff. So, yeah. Definitely different for the Hart family. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah Owen was different for sure. Uh, number two, Shep. The son of a plumber, baby. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> love it. And and here's why I love Dusty Rhodes. And I was a young kid, and I, I, I caught the tail end of the territory days, right? But the more I look back in it, the more I study study it, Dusty Rhodes was just your blue collar. And I know he used that as a gimmick. But you know what? He got us all involved. We all loved him. You know, he had, he and 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 I, I don't and I hope it's I hope it's real, Cody. But he had I mean, he had he had a speech impediment. He had the list, baby. Mm-hmm. List. You know, Cody talks with the lisp, and I hope yeah. I hope it's real with Cody, and I hope he doesn't push it a little bit. But you know, dude, if you did not, if you were not entertained by Dusty Rhodes in the '80s and '90s, then I mean, come on, you were a you were a pencil, you were a prude. You, I love the guy, and and there's only one other guy that I love more. And he's my number one, but I mean, Dusty Rhodes to me, damn near was the perfect professional wrestler for the for the everyday fan because he wasn't chiseled. He had a he had a belly on him, okay, and but he could talk. Man, could he could he freaking talk on there? And he gets you involved and he gets you entertained and you're ready to run through a freaking brick wall for Dusty Rhodes. The guy got polka dots over. Not easy to do. Polkadot's over. He makes he makes a overweight extreme wrestler that still wears polka dots to this day gets over because of it. Yep. 
Major said Dusty was one who drew actual emotions out when the horseman broke his leg before one of his NWA title matches with Flair. It cut to the crowd and there were people legitimately crying. Absolutely. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. those people those people did not know the difference. Like kayfabe was, yep. was was life. Yep. If they were caught in a car riding a face in the hill, those guys got fined. My dad tells me a story where he was on a plane one time. It was Macho Man, Miss Elizabeth, and then the, the Iron Sheik was on the plane too. And they were rivals. And that's when dad first figured Because my dad used to watch Professor Wrestling at, at, at a time. That's when he first figured out, like, wait a second. What's going, what's going on here? Why are they on the plane together? And they're, not, they're pretty close to each other. And they're not, like, pissed off and fighting. So that was kind of his first tipping point. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe this is a little scripted. But, that's no, Dusty's a good one. Dusty's a good one. Paul, number two. The most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment, The Rock. Uh, again, I built my list off of people who can entertain me. And I remember as a kid spending every day trying to do the freaking eyebrow thing. I, I got close. I never nailed it all the way, but, uh, you know. <laughs> now, um, Paul, when you said the most electrifying man, I thought you were going to say PCO. <laughs> sorry oh boy sorry that was mean <laughs> I, I, i'm cracking myself up right now <laughs> yeah yeah, just no. yeah yeah just I, i'm not i'm not even touching it i'm just you know but yeah the, the rock you know i mean how can you not i mean you know comes out with a flamethrower at wrestlemania the the moment even before he added the the whole if you smell what the rock is cooking the, his music hits the fans pop y- you gotta love the guy he was on my honorable mention he is one of my favorite if not my favorite all-time wrestler he got me back into wrestling when he returned to the wwe in 2011 i i had about a four or five year stint i wasn't watching and he legitimately got me back in i haven't stopped watching since um Oh, yeah. and let's not forget, you know, uh, his little segment where he reminded Vicky how terrible she looks tonight. You know what? The big thing with The Rock was back in the day when there was no uh, restrictions to his promos, I, I don't want to compare him to MJF because MJF is not there yet, but his promos were some of the most entertaining promos of all time and they made you laugh they made you chuckle like you were like don't stop talking because we're enjoying this yep i mean that that was the rock yep for for Mm -hmm. sure his in-ring work was good but man could he he could make that mic turn on fire and and it was it it was a million dollars good for him major said justin liger just missed his top five so he's right there with you yep I love Jushin Liger, man. That that match with him and Brian Pillman, one of the I think it might have been the original uh, Nitro in the mall. What was that a mall? Mall of America. Oh yeah. man, I think they were on that show, weren't weren't they? Oh, I I just remember Luger came out. That's just on replay. I've watched. I was too I was too young. I was really young at the time, so not trying to age you guys or anything here. But a good one, Paul. I like The Rock. Good one. Good one. By number two is The Undertaker. Um, 
You know, you look one. at you look at his statistics. He was only WWF WWE champion four times. He was world heavyweight champion three times. Hardcore once. World tag six times. WCW tag once. Royal Rumble winner only once in 2007. But the longevity of the dude. And I know his matches weren't that great towards the end. But the dude, the longevity, it was always a spectacle when he came to the ring. I mean... As bad as the Great American Bash 2006 was, I'm always thankful I got to see The Undertaker perform. Got to see that entrance in person. Punjabi prison match. Yeah, the Punjabi prison match sucked against the big show, but um, that is what it is. But, but yeah, I mean, there won't be anybody who does it as long as Undertaker. Um, The dude's a phenom. He's a legend for a reason. Another one that you can probably ask a lot of non-wrestling fans that they would know, The Undertaker. And the, and the streak, the streak was special within itself, which was fun. So, mm-hmm. oh, here's a good one. Majin said, "Just curious, but where would you guys put Edge?" Ooh, he wasn't on my honorable mention. I'll be honest, but I definitely think he's he's definitely top twenty, borderline top fifteen for me. I'd say top twenty. He's, I mean, he's his accolades are good. It's been fun what he's yeah. done since he's returned. Um, he's a guy that's grown on me as I've gotten older. He was towards the end of the Attitude Era. Uh, that obviously that's where the Rated R came on. Uh, him and Lita. Yeah, that was good stuff against Cena. Yeah, that some... was that was good. Um, and then maybe one of the most emotional returns when he surprised oh, the Rumble. Man. Goosebumps. Not only did we all get goosebumps, the the dude was darn near tearing up down the down the down the uh, aisle. So then yeah, the I, dumbass I, camera guy missed the spear on Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, yeah, I like unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say he's close to the top twenty for yeah. me. For sure. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. in top twenty. I would maybe that's for another pod someday. I'll I'll rank my top. other five in the top ten and, and on so so on so. All right, I think I know who Shep's number one is, but is that time to reveal your number one, Shep? Dax. What do you do? You just assuming or what? To me, and as much as I love Dax Harwood, and y'all know that, I think Dax Harwood is a million bucks, but he's a tag team, okay? My... Number one professional wrestler of all time. And it started back in the 90s. And I think it escalated in the 2000s. And maybe even escalated more later in the 2000s, like the 2010s and up. And there's only one. There's never going to be another. That's the nature boy, Ric Flair. And, 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 And I'll tell you what, I watched his... I've watched the Peacock documentary on the cock. That the worst, <laughs> the worst streaming platform. It ever is made. awful. It is it awful. Is. But I've watched that documentary that uh, I think ESPN's involved in, whatever. And I've watched that probably think five or six times. And every time I watch it, I'm more entertained. He is the the the, the human being that he is. And he's just like, look, my name is Richard Flair. And I actually watched it the other day, and his his birth name is completely different. Not even 
not even close. But his adopted name is Richard Fleer. And he goes by Rick Flair. And he cannot tell the difference between Fleer, Richard Fleer and Rick Flair. And I mean, to this day, he's 70 some years old and he's Rick Flair. He's going to go out tonight. It's, it's, uh, it's 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And he's probably sitting at a bar right now. He, he loves a drink, uh, uh, Kettle One and Cranberries, or he loves some tequila and cranberries as watching that documentary. But he's probably drinking those right now going, I'm not Richard Fleer. I'm Ric Flair. He lives his gimmick. And on top of that, yeah, we, we talked about living your gimmick. But the, obviously the guy could work. The guy worked 340 days a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the NWA, back when the NWA was significant, not knocking Billy Corgan today. Oh, I will. Well, I'm just when, you, when you have Tyrus as your champ. Yeah. Anyways. We're getting funky? The Funkadactyls. Um, <laughs> damn it, Tanner. No. <laughs> NWA when it's significant. Yeah. When you're working 340 days a year for the NWA and the NWA trusted you with that title to go to all those territories and work 60-minute broadways, because that's what he did a lot of the time, 30-minute broadways or 60-minute broadways, he went into those towns and he died. Like, it was him. He lived his gimmick. And, and he'll tell you, he was a – he was a shitty father, you know, and it and it caught up to him. But to this day, he's still Ric Flair. I mean, literally the goat of all time. Mm-hmm. Tim, Majin says sometime uh, we should do a top five tag teams or stables. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul, you're number one. Demolition. Oh, I love demolition back. <laughs> you would like demolition. I would love. Well, what does that mean? You don't like demolition? You know, I haven't watched Jackson much of them. I, 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 I'm familiar with them. I haven't watched much of them. Well, I'm older than you. I know. <laughs> demolition, right? Nasty boys. Nasty boys are good. <laughs> Sorry, Brian Knobs. Oh, we we should have you know showed him that after the show. And then we could have just both logged off and just let him keep rambling on. Um, all right. So, so my number one, it, two words for you: hot times, dusty roads. I mean, I grew up with the roads. Um, you know, Dusty was very entertaining. Um, he was a. He did so much for the business. He. He trained so many young talents, uh, not to mention, you know, I am a, a Rhodes boy. I think the photo back there gives it away. Uh, I actually have a dusty picture as well, but uh, that's that's in another position in another place. Um, but always wanted the chance or always wanted to get the chance to meet the man. Never got the chance, but uh, Dusty looked up to him since I was a kid. Good one. Another good one. Um, I'm agreeing with Shep here. My number one is Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I mean, the guy, he's not only a, like I said, 
like everything Shep said, I could I could piggyback off of. I mean, sixteen time world champ, but he's a pop culture icon. I mean, when you have sports teams going two claps and a Ric Flair, woo! Ooh. I mean, everybody knows woo. I mean, the guy's robes. He's a his robes speak for themselves. He's in music videos to this day. Um, when I think of the big gold, I think of Ric Flair right away. When I hear his son-in-law, the Podfather Conrad T- Thompson, do any pod podcast, I think of Ric Flair right away. I mean, you just as a pro wrestling fan, you can't get away from the guy. Not saying you want to, but you can't. And uh, even what everything you said, Paul, earlier, stories outside the ring. Some of them a little disturbing, but a lot of them incredible. Uh, I mean, the guy, the guys have uh, survived two plane crashes. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, and you know, I. And I'm showing my age again. My first memory of Flair, well, my first memory of Flair was late WCW, but I, I didn't really enjoy him then. But I learned to enjoy him when he was with Evolution. I thought he was great with Evolution. I thought his run was very underrated with Evolution. Um, and then, uh, of course, the TNA it's stuff. It's just a mystery. Need, yep. Uh, he need, But he needed the money. So, But, you know, he's one I have been... I have enjoyed going back on the cock on Peacock and uh, and watching some old stuff because uh, him and Dusty, um, their rivalry, things like that. I've educated myself more. I still think uh, the WCW blew it, or when they brought him in, or um, no, yeah, W no WWF blew it. Excuse me by not having him and Hogan at WrestleMania when they should have, and had Hogan to go against Sid and had Flair against Macho, but story for another day but uh he was the man wherever he went he'll always be the man and um pure legend pure legend and you know if you never caught on um to do kind of a little bit of a tribute to flair if you look closely at that thing that's above tanner's head it looks a little bit like the big gold belt it's got the same design above austin's head uh, yeah, I meant shit. It will be above my head come next week, Paul. You're just I'm looking at your crystal ball. So easy, easy there. Paul. I've been up since 4 a.m. Um, but we won't keep it much longer. I did have a few other names on my honorable mention. I had Hulk Hogan. I don't care for the guy anymore, but at the time growing up and even in the 80s, entertaining. He moved the business. Maybe him and Stoke Cold more than anybody else. Bret Hart, another one I've I've – Learned to appreciate the older I've got. I found him boring as a kid. But, I mean, the ultimate technician. Um, and then uh, Kurt Angle. Never seen a guy pick up professional wrestling faster than that guy. So I had I had five guys that I, ne- I didn't necessarily watch growing up, but I learned about them as I, I got into this. Uh, lovely habit that or hobby, <laughs> want to call. Um, one of mine is Terry Funk. Talk about guy who wrestled forever. Yeah, Terry Funk went from a NWA mat technician to a hardcore legend. Right, uh, he was one of them. Um, Harley Race. He was yeah. another guy, pioneer that. Again, I watched just tapes. I couldn't watch them live because I was such a little kid. Um, and another guy, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Memphis territories. Oh, Jerry Lawler, that that and, and that thing he had with Andy Coffin, and, and we've had 
uh, not Dark Side of the Rings, but whatever. Uh, Tales from the Territory. That's what it was. Um, yeah, that was another one. And then the other one, the Von Erics. Yeah. I love the Von Erics. So watching all those. And then then all of a sudden you think, oh, man, it just, it just steamrolls. The Freebirds. I mean... We we could go on and on and on. Doop doop doop, Michael Hayes. But those are just some of those that just probably the top twenty of mine. And then um, we're missing one right now, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I got I got to throw another active guy in there on my honorable mention, Randy Orton. I I've always been a big Randy Orton guy. I think he not not active, not active. Well, hopefully he comes back injured. You know what? And I remember watching uh, the dirt sheets when they started out back in the day. Um, and, and you guys will laugh at this. And I think we talked about it before. Um, one of the first dirt sheets that I learned on was Jimmy Van. Dyke. Jimmy Van, who yeah. owns Fightful. Yeah. So that was back when I was in high school. Okay? <laughs> I'm 40 years old. So you do the freaking math. But back Back then, Jimmy Van would report that um, he was Randy Orton was not well liked. Oh, he's an asshole when he's young. Yeah, and and they they had to put him in his place numerous times. Oh yeah. Um, when he was in his early twenties and stuff. Oh yeah. He was down in OVW with Cornette and all those guys. So. Even his evolution days, he got put in his place multiple times, but finally clicked with them. And ever since that, he's another one. He'll he'll put a good match on with whoever, in my opinion. He's always entertaining. He can go, be a good face, but a better heel. Yeah. Yep. So that's all I got, Paul. I know you're ready to wrap this thing up. <laughs> no, not at all. But looking forward to Sunday. Should be a fun show, and I'm ready to win that gold belt above Shep's head. Bring it to Allen County. Nah, Allen County's a bunch of wussies. <laughs> uh, all right, before we, we get into a feud here or down another rabbit hole that takes us another 20 minutes, Shep. <laughs> why, why, do always get, why do I always get blamed for that? Dude, you're the rabbit hole king. I am ashamed of all three of us. None of us have KOP merch on tonight, so... Uh, you know what? I I was getting ready to grab it, and then I sat down because I got distracted doing other stuff, and then I realized, oh crap, it's time to go. I was too lazy um, to change my shirt, so that's my. I, 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 actually, I was the same way. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, all right. So speaking of KOP merch, you can go buy your KOP merch at kickingoutshop.com. We've got that. Uh, Promo code going for just a few more days. Yeah, spring 23 it ends uh, on Memorial Day. So get your orders in, 20% off. So be sure to um, go get your KOP merchandise. Support a great podcast. Look great doing so. Be sure to follow the Kicking Out Podcast on all social media at Kicking Out Pod. Be sure to listen to the Kicking Out Podcast wherever it is you listen to your podcast. And if that happens to be that Apple Podcast site that everybody likes to go to, be sure to leave us that five-star review because we are a five-star KOP. And don't forget to follow us on social media 
Tanner Lee at Tanner Lee 92. Follow Austin Shepard at the Shep27. And be sure to follow myself at Paul Zartman. I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out another podcast.